Greetings and welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. This is the Delver Season 3 finale, and we hope you're excited, because we are. We're very excited. Before we get to all of that, you might want to sit down with a nice, warm cup of tea. And if you did, well, I wouldn't blame you. And I also wouldn't blame you if you went over to phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD to procure said tea. Because you can get stuff based on our campaigns and the things we do here on TWBD. So go check it out. phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. And now, without any further delay, we hand it over to Kyle, who will take us through what will be today's finale on There Will Be Dungeons. We start immediately on a massive dune. Grinkeeper stares down a great skeletal bat with shadowy wings that issue forth in a great cascade. It screams at her. And we roll initiative. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Jeez, I was so nervous. Right in here. Right. Right to it. Damn. Okay. I don't even know if I have up what I need. Hold on. <laughs> 14. <laughs> I'll go slow. There we I go. got right. 14 as well. I got a 16. Nice. <laughs> Far away. Co <laughs> and Splunderbelt roll initiative on gathering up the various people. Our plan at the moment was Grinkeeper is going to ride off into the dune and draw the skeletal bat with her the Kalazar's Great Mount. Meanwhile, Splunderbelt, Co, the Brigand Patrol, five emissaries, and what it, what remains of the Brotherhood are going to make their way into the pyramid and begin the teleportation ritual with the help of Dharma Edgestream. So, this exclusive battle, isolated, far away, is for Grinkeeper. Grinkeeper, you're up first. The bat has landed in front of you. It crawls on its wings like some dragons might, though that's up for debate. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a debate we want to have on the show? No, no. No, no, okay. I don't think we do. (laughs) We've had this. This one always gets emails whenever it comes up on any show. We probably would. We don't want to. Um, okay, so uh, Grinkeeper is going to have her elk back up at the same pace the bat is crawling forward, and she's going to use her action to cast protection from good and evil on from evil and good on herself. All right. And while waiting for the bat to show up, she has equipped her shield. Action touch. Uh, use this spell. One willing creature you touch is protected against certain types of creatures. Protection uh, creatures of that type have disadvantage on attack rolls against it. So you're using this on your elk then. Uh, one willing creature? Can't that be me? Oh, you're using it on yourself. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So you have protection against those things. You can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed. If the target is already charmed, frightened, or possessed, it has advantage against saving throws. Perfect. And All right. All right. So the bat lands down on its wings and it's your move okay uh is the back gonna take a turn did it it already did you won the initiative oh perfect okay my action was to cast that spell it doesn't get anything now my understanding was as it was flying towards you you wanted to cast that spell and now it's landed and it's your initiative okay perfect i didn't realize there was time there all right, go for it. Okay, cool. So that being cast, she's going to charge forward with a hit on the bat with her lance. Bring it. 
18. It's a hit. So that's 22 base damage. And one radiant damage. (laughs) (laughs) And that's from your new trait, correct? Where you always roll a radiant d8? Correct. All right. The elk moves with you. Did you want to continue its move on the other side? Uh, Yes. So what's going to happen is the lance has reach. So she's going to stay within 10 feet of the bat. She's going to hit it and she's going to keep the elk moving. Uh, so, the so she'll kind of loop around. It's got it can move fifty feet. Yeah, or yeah, right, it can dash because I'm yeah, not can, moving, right? It can do its own attack should you wish with a uh, ram and hooves. But of course, you're causing you're you're doing more of a lance run and gun as it were, a lunge and lance. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to figure out the movement here. Um, so the elk will not be attacking yet. Okay. We'll go 50 feet, loop around, and be ready to charge 50 feet if necessary. Sounds good. Let's measure that out then. You charge the necromantis, the giant bat, keeping five feet from it, hit it for 23 points of damage, one of which is radiant. As the radiant damage hits it, even the slightest bit, its shadowy form dissolves around it, disrupted for a time. Its shadowy wings no longer in existence and is just a great skeletal being. It loses some of its buoyancy and you see it try to flap, but it no longer has the shadowy wings to do so. As you ride away, it crawls after you. All right, that's my turn. In the sand here, its bony limbs with no webbing between its feet sink into the sand. It chases after you and struggles to get back in range. However, at 15 feet away, it releases a 30-foot cone, a great scream that sounds something like... I'll keep that low for everyone's sanity. Make a constitution saving throw. A dirty... 20, but then the plus 2, 22. Make another roll and add one to it. This will be for the elk. An 11. 11. Due to your armor's properties, if you succeed on a roll, something happens. Let's take a look at your armor. While wearing this armor, any critical hits against you become normal hits. In addition, the subject of a magical effect makes you make a strength or constitution saving throw to only take half damage. You instead take no damage if you succeed on that saving throw. So you take no damage. However, your elk shatters in the sound, banished back to its radiant, handsome dimension. Oh, man. Oh, man. What a jerk. No kidding. Ah! Caught in the cone of its great sound. 
Um, Did it go, I am super good looking, as it went away? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an above average L. <laughs> it went, oh. oh. I don't speak elk, so we wouldn't know. In that haunting way they do. Okay. Um, it's your turn. On the ground now, Grinkeeper will... I imagine it would be a kind of tumble forward, and then she's back up on her feet. I don't know if I have to roll for that. If not, she'll just land on her feet. <laughs> you succeed in your constitution saving throw, so I'd be all for it. Plus, you have a special... Um, a special saddle that makes it so you can't yeah. fall off. So you basically sledded for a short time as your butt is still magically sealed to the saddle, which is no longer on an animal. <laughs> okay, well, then she will mentally release the saddle from her bum. <laughs> and, you st- <laughs> and you ride that momentum into a standing free action. It's your turn. Okay, cool. Um, she will toss her shield aside and transform the lance into a sword and start running toward the bat, but circling to its right side to see if she can get out of range of uh, its direct face. So if it does a cone attack again. All right, so you run up along its side. This would kind of put you, would it put you in the crick between its neck and its wing claw that's moving along the sand or are you standing outside the wing? Let's go for the crick. Let's Dark Souls this. All right, all right, let's roll in that crotch. It's your turn. Give us an attack. All right, first attack is a 28. On a hit? That's amazing, you hit. Base damage is 10. Radiant damage is 5. And she gets two attacks per action, so I'm going to do another one. Excellent. Bring it. Second is a 28 again. Hit. 12 base damage. Four radiant damage. You wail on its neck and side chest. Any bonus actions you'd like to perform? No, not at all. She's just going to stay there. She feels pretty good about this fight so far. All right. You have protection from evil and good against you, which means I have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. It It unleashes a bite and two claws with its wing as it circles around to face you, kind of backing up as it does. Your radiant damage has still dispelled its shadowy form. Though it attempted to rejoin as it went. The first attack is an 11. The second attack, a 12. The third attack, a natural one. All with disadvantage against you. It's your turn. All right, cool. Can the one resummon my elk? <laughs> I'm afraid that's a ritual. <laughs> okay. He attacked right. so badly, an elk manifested. <laughs> yeah. Handsome elk, you've returned. All right, Greg Keeper's going to keep attacking. Uh, 21 for the first one. Is a hit. Uh, 26 for the second one, and then I'll do damage. That's a hit. 
So 16 base and then 16 base. And five radiant damage. So you deal 37 points of damage to that still, that side of the neck, just wailing on the skeletal form. Again, the shadows attempt to recongeal around the bat, but you continue to banish them back. You have so far dealt 91 points of damage to it. It wheels around. Its scream gets caught in its breath. In its throat. But you can see it building for another blast. A f- 14. A 7. An 11. The disadvantage is working well. It's your turn. All right, Greenkeeper's still going. It's working so far. All right, a 26 and a 30. Both hits. A 16 and a 10. 26. And 12 radiant damage. And 12 radiant. 38 total. You continue to wail on the bat, just slamming its neck bones, pressuring it however you can. You're weapon, your heart blade of Loran, normally a slashing weapon, is basically bludgeoning these bones as they crack underneath the blade. Every time you hit with radiant damage, it tries to congeal back in its shadowy form, but it keeps being dispelled. It turns to you, sort of reaching up around and covering you with its wings, creating kind of a cone of itself. And inside its bony wings, which provide no shelter, since there is no shadowy form, it lets loose a great blast of sound. As this is not an attack, it's a saving throw. I do not have disadvantage. It is your constitution roll. Uh, 18. You succeed. You take no damage. You stand strong. Your protection from evil and good, but mostly evil, holds strong. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> Get out of here, good. It's in case you fight celestials, elementals, other sorts of things. It's, it's a very general spell blanketing about 12 different spells from first edition. Oh, wow. Really? That's crazy. They, they kind of combined a whole bunch of them into one big spell. I guess that makes sense. Consolidate. Yes. Well, it's your turn, Grinkeeper. Okay, so she's up above you. She's in the rib cage now. Correct. All right. It's on top of her. It's got its wings and all those long fingers and the single claw kind of folded about you, making a great hut around you, if you will. But you would be able to, yes, kind of get up in its rib cage by going back further into it. Yeah, she'd do that, and then she'd attack. Her two attacks would be two spins. All right, whirl this business then. A twenty-two and a fourteen. The fourteen misses, but the twenty-two hits. Fifteen damage. 
And the Radiant? Three Radiant. You wail from inside its ribcage. Your sword at first kind of ding, 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 across the bones like a kid walking alongside a metal fence. But one of your blades swings true right into the sternum from the inside and it cracks. The beast shudders, attempts to pull forth another scream. It does so. Constitution saving throw. Uh, 22. You succeed. Nothing Just happens. At you. Yeah. Greenkeeper's too dumb to hear. She's too juiced up. <laughs> Handsome elk dying. That scream it let out uh, deafened her. Now, <laughs> Any other cries? That can be a character choice. Handsome elk was banished back to his handsome dimension where he awaits handsome calling. But Grinkeeper might believe that Handsome Elk is dead. Dead, dead, dead. Grinkeeper's pretty dumb. She'll, you know, what if she summons an elk and it's not the same Handsome Elk? It's true. Exactly. What if you summon his wife? Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you have an awkward conversation. <laughs> oh, honey, you wouldn't believe the day I have. Honey? Honey? <laughs> yep. Don't bring the whole family in. It's your turn. All right, keeping the party up. Keep She's keeping the spins going. Spinning in the cage. A nat 20 for the first one. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so that base damage is 19, and now I'm going to roll again. Okay, off that nat 20, it's a 22. Not natural. Then allow me to press this button while you describe how you kill it. So Grinkeeper spins like she did when she danced with Cavalier Gentlemen, and around her the bones start raining down in a destructive, uh, the bat destructive rain of bones. <laughs> <laughs> the rain isn't destructive. She's not getting hurt, but you know, a rain of destruction. <laughs> Excellent. You do so. Bone the back rain. crumbles. The bones break. And he falls into the sand, disjointed, unfigured, undone. Uh, and then she'll immediately think to Cohen's Splendor Belt and ask how much time she has because she's going to try and resummon Handsome Elk if she has a chance or whoever, whichever elk comes out next. Meanwhile, back in the pyramid, Splendor Belt Co., you all put together a plan to get Dharma Edgestream, all the people lined up that you needed. Perhaps the Minotaurs were going to walk them through, but that plan had not yet been established. Either way, you had entered the pyramid proper. I believe Ko was going about knocking out the many elves working inside. Yeah. Yeah, I would have helped uh, with that, but I don't know how quiet I would have been. I think we were gonna we were gonna release. You were gonna cast the uh, remove curse on what was it? Three of them. Yep. I should probably so we expend were, those points now, right? We were gonna do wildfire, Phelan. And who else were we going to do? I don't remember. 
Um, I don't think it mattered. I think the only person we decided it wouldn't be would be Withers, because it seems like a selfish person that wouldn't be helpful. So, plus, Ko just kind of wants to knock him out. I'd feel okay. But other than that, so those three would be those three would be freed, and then would be asked to help carry people through the portal, which effectively turns it into six people rescued just by freeing those three. Um, and then it was, what did she say? She could take twelve that were knocked unconscious. So that would be twelve. The 18 that are covered from that, and I think we have one, two, three, four. Uh, I think it's 26. Did I count that right? I don't think I did. Kyle, while he's doing that, I should go ahead and cast all these and get them out of the thing, right? Sounds good. Yeah, go ahead and cast two remove curses of which you and Co together will make use of. Co, right. this would, however, be a reusing of your psychic dice to build a psychic network. Uh, why? Who am I connecting with? You'd have to connect with uh, Wildfire and Phelan oh, in order to go into he their can't, dream. He can't just. He can't just do that. Um. Right, he can't just remove curse on their body and have that be okay. I don't know if we want to do that. Because we got 10 hours on this psychic network that we currently have. That's pretty good. Um. Alright, so we have 28. She can take 12. So we have another 16, right? if my math is good, that we have to find a way through. How many minotaurs do we have? We have 10, including uh, Chad Brad, and they can carry two easy. They can carry each. two easy. Each, yeah. Per minotaur. So we could keep Chad Brad and one other Minotaur and just have the Minotaurs each take two unconscious. I think that math adds up. So the Minotaurs sweep out and go grab all of the elves who have been collected outside the grounds that were originally knocked out. Inside, Ko goes about stabbing with psychic daggers and knocking out the many, many workers who surround the great statue inside the pyramid. Dharma sets up in the middle. She begins to draw her circle with the chalk with the many gems inside, preparing the teleportation ritual. She'll need one minute to complete it once she's given the okay. Alright, that shouldn't be a problem. The fight with the bat didn't go very long, so I imagine Greenkeeper's gonna be done any second now. <laughs> yeah. And basically, as you all start to divide up and your plan is enacted upon, you hear Grinkeeper over the psychic network. Guys, guys, bat's done. Bat's done. Um, <laughs> do I have ten minutes? Uh maybe. You we're in the middle of getting this set up. We need at least you know, one minute to cast the spell. So 
I think you probably have ten minutes. You might want to do it in here, though, in the safety of the pyramid, not just out and exposed. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Okay, I'll be back. And Grinkeeper will gather her saddle and her shield and start running as fast as she can through that sand, get tired out, and then start slogging through the sand. Either way, you look like a very cool paladin cowboy carrying your, your saddle over your shoulder. As you head down the dunes, making your way back to the Great Pyramid, the Minotaurs go grab two each of the various elvish workers from outside. You knock out the workers' co. all around the Great Statue. All right, gather up the uh, gather up the twelve that are just going to be immediately taken. Get all the minotaurs that are running through ready to run through with who they're carrying, and uh, just be prepared. Yep. Same. All right. During this time of preparation, Noparopa once com- once again comes up to you, Slenderbelt. <laughs> The princess. Where is she? Uh. Actually, do I know? I don't know where she is. Do I still? No, or do I? I do. Oh, I don't that's think right. I told. I don't think I told. I don't think I told them who I saw up there. Um, no. Okay. In that case, I would say uh, I have not seen her yet, but perhaps Co has, and I would boop 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 and send a thought to Co to get some word. Um, oh, yeah, she's upstairs. There's more upstairs. Um, you know, I think we need to do this teleport out, and then we're probably going to need to clear the upstairs and, and get the rest, because uh, we still got another pretty full teleportation that we're going to have to do once we get all of them gathered up. All right, I'll relay that to Noparopa with the added, uh, you know, we have seen her, but uh, we need to take care of these uh, these survivors first, and then we will go up and take care of upstairs. Where? Upstairs. I wait no longer. Oh, shit. I was afraid of this. Uh, uh, well, Ko is, is the only one who has seen it, so it would make sense that once uh, we have cleared people out, we can, uh, you know, combine our efforts and go up together and, and, and back you up for your, for your, for this quest that you have. Make a Persuasion check. All right. That'll be a 17. Very well, Splendor Belt. I will listen one last time. I promise we are, we are that, but you are one of the reasons we are here. So we, we just have to take care of what is bad first and then move up to what is next. And this, this is next. But right now we have to save these people. Do you agree? Ah. Uh. <laughs> the elves are lined up. They're all still alive, of course, being psychically disconnected and overloaded by Ko's psychic daggers. Wildfire, Reuven Withers, the Chef, Virolin, Phelan, Ardrith, many, many craftsmen that you've seen around town in your time at Atomer have been gathered in this pyramid. Outside, you saw more of the uh, waiters and townsfolk of the above Atomer. They all toiled away, the craftsmen, on this great statue. 
They're lined up. The Minotaur is prepared. Greenkeeper, you arrive at the pyramid. And then she'll head inside. I'm gonna, I gotta resummon the elf. How's everyone? This looks great, guys. This looks great. I can't believe you killed the whole bat. I thought you were just gonna distract it, but it's dead? Yeah, it's dead. It, 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 like, had this shadow that tried to keep forming, but, you know, moonlight's pretty powerful, I guess. You didn't take a single hit from it, did you? No. (laughs) (laughs) She's just a little sandy. Present character. (laughs) Perfect. Impressive. All right, so you're going to go about resummoning your elk over a 10-minute ritual. She'll start too, but if it needs to be interrupted, she's wholly ready to stop it. Very good. Make sure you're counting yourself down those spells. Yes. All right. Scott, you did not not knock yourself down spells, right? No. No spells were cast. Well, I cast the the remove curse stuff. Uh That didn't happen. Oh, yeah, that didn't happen. We changed the the spells. Oh, we did? Well, let me... Yeah. um, Oh, they're not... they're, They're back. Did I do We're losing more minotaurs, but you get to keep your spell slots. Okay, so I'm keeping all spell slots at fourth level. Oh, did you reset them, Kyle, or something? Or nope. did, it, did it just not take when I hit it? I don't know. I hit the button three times. That's all I know. Or twice, rather. I didn't, it didn't do it. So it's all good. I did not spend those spell slots, I guess. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. That's weird. Hold on. Dharma begins the ritual... So the better question perhaps here is who's staying behind? I think we should have a moment because I'm assuming everybody is gathered at this point. Nobody really has a reason to be out uh, of the pyramid at the moment. Correct. So Ko would sort of say "Uh, look, we all came down here to save these people and there are more to save up above. I've seen them. As far as I'm concerned, our job isn't done, but it is dangerous. And if you are looking for a way out, this is one of them. You need to make that decision for yourself. But we need to see this done, and we could still use your help if you're able. How many Minotaurs are we leaving behind? I believe two. Just two. Chad, Brad, and... uh... And another. Another. (laughs) Who was the the one that was all pissy all the, the time? The moody one. Yeah, the I moody thought he one. Was the leader. <laughs> Corin Greathorns. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll keep two Minotaurs. Okay. Dharma will need to stay because she'll need to cast the circle again. Correct, correct. And she uh, agrees to do it as she works on the ritual and gives a head nod. I'm going to roll checks for everybody else who might want to stay. Boonfellow says, I'm leaving. I got Phelan. I did my job. Dominic Rees will stay. The five emissaries, which includes Dharma, are going to stay and protect her during the ritual. Makes sense. Hiroshi glares at Splendor Belt. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
but agrees to stay. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Those Mass Effect moments. <laughs> Did you get enough friendship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I'm going to go about clearing up the map now as we will go down to two Minotaurs, the five Emissaries, and Hiroshi. And Snake Man. And Snake Man. Mm-hmm. That dude is committed. The portal opens. You can see the shimmering image of the guild basement below, the cage where you once kept coal, as well as, I believe, Gleepo Ma may have been there for a bit. Yeah, I think he was. The elves are lined up and basically like picking up sacks or cat carriers. The Minotaurs bend down, grab the individuals by the waist, and haul them through as they walk. And they each foof, 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 foof through the portal. You can see them shimmering on the other side, just dissolved, but still walking forward out of the portal, making room for others. Wildfire, Withers, the chef are all moved through. Boonfellow carries... Phelan. Many disappear. The room grows quiet after the commotion. Grinkeeper whispers to the handsome dimension in the corner. And we have our party remain. Dharma steps back. One last piece of chalk in her hands for the final teleport. And says, well, fireball the upstairs? Uh, no, no fireball. There's still plenty of people to rescue. Uh, the good news is I don't think we're going to lose anybody else. I think there's, I, if my math is right, and it isn't always. Uh, I think there's enough to just teleport whoever's left if we gather them all up. Uh, nobody needs to carry them through. Was the math part John talking or Co talking? Uh, both. They're both not great at math. They're both just as good at math in case uh, it ever needs to be tested. Sure. Then we go now to save the princess at last. And we shall help. And as a whole party, you begin to make your way up the staircase as you pass by the great statue and its many tubes and Machines in the back, twirling and pumping. Is the elk summoned? Doesn't oh, sound like anyone uh, objects. Uh, we should we should give enough time to get the elk. Uh, Greenkeeper, you know, is, is she, she's going to bring an elk. And I've seen it. And it's, it's handsome. <laughs> yeah, and, it's uh, very good looking elk. We could use it. Yes. Yeah. Persuasion check on Noparopa. <laughs> oh boy a 19 ah fie 
Fight to you and your reasoning. But he stays. <laughs> it's discouraged by a handsome elk. <laughs> the very same Albert the handsome elk is resummoned. He gives a, a great wiggle of his tiny elk mane. His great antler is still intact. He is unharmed. Grin Keeper will have a single tear in her eye and she will hug Albert. And then she'll look at everybody with renewed vigor. Let's go. <laughs> he has that look in the in his face, in his great elk face of when Superman does a hug, you know, and the person's totally invested in the hug and they're like crying and like tearing. But Superman's like staring off in the distance, knowing danger's afoot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the elk looks like. Nice. <laughs> so handsome. He's a real handsome guy. The saddle's put back on. It's comfortable. And you remount the elk. And everybody heads for the stairs. They divide left and right, but you can see them rejoin in a loop behind as they Bef head up to the upper level. Before, though, Grinkeeper's going to notice this machine with the tubes. Do the tubes look like they're easy to cut? They could be. <laughs> Grinkeeper's going to try and cut some tubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Grinkeeper walks over to the back of the statue and begins slicing open these long tubes and black ichor pours out the back of the statue. As you slice about it, make a perception or investigation check. A two. <laughs> you notice nothing. Wow. You see nothing, but you do slice the tubes and a great amount of the black ooze that you've known over this long campaign pours forth from inside, almost as though it was hollowed to a to a fault. Cool. With all the tubes cut, Grinkeeper will nod to herself. Duty done. And she'll continue upstairs with everyone. Does anyone else make a check on the statue? Or do we continue upward? Uh, I figure she probably did this outside of the view of Ko, because he, he probably, once he realized everyone was going for the stairs, ran ahead to keep an eye on things. Yeah. Are you stealthing up there? Yes. All right. Roll that stealth. Always be stealthing. Uh, it's going to be a 28. 28 stealth is intact. Great Horns and Chad Brad are not quite as stealthy. With a four and a two, respectively, they move their way upstairs. Yeah, I don't know. With Co having no. disappeared, Dharma Edstream looks about for a leader of the group and finds Grinkeeper lagging behind. She pulls at your side dress. Grinkeeper will look down. Where where should I set up? Uh um, where do you think would be safe? What's good for you? I mean, this area's big. I, I just need to not get interrupted. If I get hit, you know, concentration and all that. So uh, it just has to be safe. I'll have the five emissaries stay with me. Uh, okay, uh, we can also go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dharma wants to know what would be a safe place to stay. Can we get her upstairs at all? Is that safe? I mean, it... I think it might be the best place. We wouldn't have to move the bodies up and down stairs uh, as I'm knocking them out. So maybe set up just at the base of where these stairs are. 
Okay, cool. She, she says she can't get hit, so I'll build a perimeter up front when we do this thing. Yeah, we're not ready yet. We gotta still knock out a bunch of people, but... Uh, okay, we'll, we'll start coming up slow then. We'll bring them here when we're done. Okay, and then I think Dharma's part of this thought thing, so she should be able to hear. Correct. Yeah, so I'll nod at Dharma. This will be the first time that Grinkeeper and Splendorbelt have seen the upstairs. You see a long hallway, the exact but darker form of what you saw inside the dream world. There are four green braziers. Across the hall, a doorway, an archway stands open, and beyond you see a great purple bed, a figure's weighing down the silken sheets. You see the back of Princess Hysia, Splendorbelt, waving a great fan. And one keeves in his muscular, toned form and shirtless has a small bowl and a cloth which he rubs oils on the figure on the bed. And uh, does Noparopa see this same time we see it? Noparopa's right behind you, yes. Okay. He goes, there. That is she. Yeah, but you be, you know, we should be quiet uh, so that we don't uh, arouse too much suspicion in the. Uh, create the fight we are not willing to uh, go all out for and then she could perish. We have to be careful here. Persuasion. Because I know that dude just wants to pop off. <laughs> um, that'd be a 16. On all the days you choose to make make sense, Splendor Belt, you choose this one. <laughs> I promise we uh, sometimes uh, taking our time is the best way to ensure her safety, which is what our goal is. Go naturally as the teleport was cast and and concentration was broken there. You no longer have your spider climb. But I see you are sneaking across the area, making your way to a door. Yep. Ko's going to approach the door. Uh, Sad that spider climb is gone. Uh, It was a power that he enjoyed. And... uh, Gently try to open the door as quietly as possible and peer inside. Make a stealth check. Stealth check. A 23. 23. You inch open the door. The door seemingly to everybody else who's arguing with Noparopa or standing in awe of the great fountain, the green flames, sees a door open all by itself and you slip inside. You see six individuals gathered about in darkness. Your dark vision goggles giving you sight of them. The room smells rancid. You see the carcasses of hook horrors. All have been carved and hollowed out. You see gricks that have had their tentacles removed. Everyone lays on their sides, clutching their stomachs. Um, code send a thought out to the psychic network. I don't know what I'm seeing here. It looks pretty bad. Uh, I'm going to try and knock these people out, but there just seems like there's something wrong with them. And Ko's going to move in to uh, knock out the first person. You go to them, your psychic dagger easily slips through their physical form. 
and they release their stomachs and their clenched faces, seeming to go to sleep. And then he will just make his way through, get everybody, take out the whole room. Very good. All right, I've got everybody down. We should probably bring them out, get them ready for the circle, but I I don't know if any of you uh, magic or healer types want to take a look at them and see if you can find out what's wrong. They were all clutching their stomachs. It was weird. Do you mean they are sick? I mean, I'm not a doctor, but they certainly seem uncomfortable. It seems weird that mindless husks would be gripping their bellies instead of doing work. You could make a medicine check, Splenderbelt. I would do that. Let's do that. Uh, 20, not natural. You look about the room as Great Horns and Chad Brad enter to ferry these elves down. You see the carcasses of the beasts. Give them an eye and they don't appear to be rotten. It seems these people are suffering from eating raw meat. And this room was at the very, very base level provided for them to sustain themselves. So that living beings could continue to work for three months in these conditions. Wow, I gathered a lot from that. That was Um, a good roll. I don't know why they're... Hmm. Do I take away from that any reasoning why they would be eating raw meat? Like, that seems odd. Roll an investigation, maybe. Okay. So while that happens, you make your way to the other door. Nine. Yep. Do the same thing there. With a 28 to stealth open the door. That was a nine. You open the door. Inside, you find eight more elves gathered round. There is a rudimentary tower made of clay, about ten feet tall and five feet wide. You can see as you walk into the room and stealth about that it's filled with sand and rocks, and out the bottom is a small opening, spigot almost. And just dripping out of the bottom comes gray water into a bowl. These people also lay on their sides, clutching their bellies. The top, where the rocks are, is filled with the black ichor. Greywater is a great name for a character. You should hang on to that. I believe it's also the name for like sewage, which is not the case here. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're, er, yeah. It's treated sewage, but not potable. That's what Greywater is, I think. Right, so but it could also be like the name of like a happy halfling village. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, we come from Greywater. Yeah, from Greywater, yeah. the happiest place. <laughs> Coe's uh, gonna move in and do the same, but he would let everybody know. I think I found the rest, and uh, they seem in equally bad shape. 
Are they also eating meat? <laughs> no, it looks like this one was for drinking water. Hmm. Alright, well, Splinter Belt, from his medical background, will not know what to make of that. It seems like people are being either forced to eat something they shouldn't, or are doing it because they have no other choice. You can make maybe a survival check if you wanted to plumb the mystery deeper. I would. That's a 19. Looking about this room... You see that these are the most rudimentary, savage conditions that it seems the Kalazar has put together for his workers over three months, with no way to magically sustain them like Ko's wife had, using doctors and wizards back in town. He fed them, and he watered them, so they survived to work on his pyramid and his statue. Okay. So this is the this is like prison gruel or bread and water style sustenance. They're just with bare minimums. With little care for his workers' health. Yeah. All right. I'd convey that to everybody so they knew what we were up against here. Seems like, you know, I would say um, uh, the victims here are easy to do what we need to. They are weak, uh, perhaps, from, uh, from, from this, from bad diets and malnutrition and bad treatment. So, uh... I don't think we'll have much of a fight from most. Poe looks down at the uh, rivets he's been forming on his armor whenever he knocks out an elf to keep track of how many they have. And he lets everyone know, okay, there were eight in that room, you said, right? Correct. Okay. All right. I think between the two rooms and then the two that are in the throne room, I think that should be everybody. Uh, that puts us at 16, which means after the 12 initial for the teleport, four more are going to need to go through. That means we either send both Minotaurs or, I don't know, Dharma, you're probably getting a little tired and might not mind getting through. You could take one with you, and uh, I imagine your friend Noparopa would probably want to escort the princess, so... Maybe we keep one Minotaur and send the two of them with the remaining two. The plan being then to leave one Minotaur behind and the rest go? Yeah. Yeah. And Dharma would ride her own teleport out. Right. All right. Oh, how are we going to get out? Well, she didn't have the ability to teleport us anyway. Or, wait a minute, how are we going to get out? We should ask this question. We could just walk back. No, that's... <laughs> I mean, up. the door's shut, but they're there, right? Oh, we have the urns. Maybe maybe it'll open when the urns get close again. Oh, jeez. Uh, that's a lot to bet on that. Yeah. Maybe we... Maybe we set that as the plan for how we're going to get everybody out. We have those people uh, kind of hold up here in a defensive formation. We go with anybody else that's left deal with the Kalazar, defeat him, and then we, in theory, ride the teleport out ourselves once it's all said and done. If they have to go before that, though, we buy them their minute, and they go. I don't know what choice we have. A, a 
Dar- Dharma, since you've been here before, could you come back? No, 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 the, the, oh, wait, hang on. I'm on Psychic Network because I'm downstairs. <laughs> Is this, wait. Hey, okay, here we go. Hi. All right. Um, uh, no, I need a circle. You gotta have a circle. A teleport's beyond my means. Uh, that's a very high-level spell. That's just for me. I think we have them wait just in case. Give ourselves a possible exit. They can always leave if things start to look grim. Okay. Sounds good. And Dharma can't get hit is the one thing I know. We'll try and keep the fight out away from where everybody else is staying. All right, cool. Uh, and I, I was thinking for the last two, uh, you uh, you two rogues, you could go in at the same time, knock them out, and then I could be ready to ride in in case something happens. So that way you'd have time to drag the bodies out. Sounds good. Splendor Belt and I have Splendor Belt's up for it. Yeah. Co gives a look to Dominic. We got this, right? He gives a nod back and rolls stealth. Two rogues. Better than one. 27. 23. The two rogues enter the room. They skirt about the sides, making their way towards Keeves and Princess Hysia. As you both emerge from the shadows on the side of the room, walking towards your prey, Dominic Rees pulls out his sap and readies it. And as he does, his eyes shift over to the bed and he grabs his head. Uh, Ko, seeing that something might be going wrong real quick, does the stab to Princess Hysia to get her taken care of. And, uh, is then going to start making his way over to Keeves in case Dominic Reese does not bring his sap down. And uh, Reese is part of the psychic network too. Oh, that was he? the former that's one. Right. It was reset for Dharma. Oh, oh that's oh, right. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, Ko will take take down Princess Hysia, then run for Keeves. He manages to bring down his sap all the same and catches Keeves and pulls him out. As you guys step over the threshold out through the archway back into the room, past the fountain and past Grinkeeper and Splendorbell, Grinkeeper on elk back. Dominic says something, something's wrong in there. I couldn't do it for a moment. Yeah, I think it's the Kalazar. He has... He has a way. Well, um, we got to decide who's staying and guarding, who's staying and who's uh, who's moving forward to confront the Kalazar. As you drag out Princess Hesia, Nopa Ropa runs over 
Were you dragging her kind of like underarm, you know, up through the cricks and along her feet or? Yeah. He sweeps in and scoops her up from underneath and he caresses her cheek. Ah, the princess. <laughs> and carries her down the stairs. Finally, that dude will shut up. Like Scott wanted to complete the quest. So Just bad. needed him out of my hair. That guy. It's basically an escort quest. Kinda. You're going to lose your best employee. Well, <laughs> second best. Well, I don't think he was going to hang around anyway once he got her. So this is all good for everybody. A win-win. And he goes back to where to prepare for the final exit. He's heading downstairs as uh, Keeves is also grabbed by great horns and carried down. Okay. All the elves that you've collected are being lined up down by Dharma Edgestream, who's preparing the ritual or is going to receive the message to send forth the ritual. Which means we currently have her on Psychic Network. However, you've got a number of guildmates and minotaurs about you. Well, at this point, Ko is uh, not afraid to, to talk. He's kind of checked everything out. He kind of knows there's just the one more enemy he thinks in the building so anybody that's up there we're just talking to okay alright I think anybody that is going to help protect or guard the ritual needs to wait below we'll go forward we'll call the Kalazar and then we'll draw him away from here or keep him confined up here if possible uh, to try and make sure that the ritual can go off when he's either dead or if something goes wrong. This is good plan. Uh, if something goes wrong down there first though and we can't get down there get everyone out. Greenkeeper will think. On the network. Yeah. So only Dharma hears it? Yeah. And, and the rest of the party yeah. directly? Yeah. And of course, um, Splinterbelt and Co. are always welcome to jump in and say something, but yeah. All right. Are we ready to do this? Yes. Yep. We got the organs. Yeah. In the, in the bag. And Cole pull out two of the urns, same way we did with the door. Let's each go in with one and hand one to Splendor Belt, one to Greenkeeper. How big are these? Did we determine that last time? Yeah, they're about uh, they're about 14 inches long. They're uh, cylindrical and then have the heads of the various animals noting the organ inside, the necromantis bat. Okay. The Grick and the Hook Horror heads on top. They're not going to cause us any like movement uh, penalties or anything like that. No, you're not escorted. They're not heavy in that way that okay. they would be uh, burdening your walking down okay. the hall. Good deal. The Minotaurs yell together, both Chad, Brad, and Great Horns. May your horns be sharp, Spunderbelt. <laughs> uh, thank you and may Paylor guide your steps as well Hiroshi, Dominic, Rees both nod and head downstairs the two 
minotaurs stay by the stairs watching you pass and you make your way towards the archway a grinkeeper will have dismounted the elk and she'll have it walk behind them so that as soon as things start to happen she'll immediately remount the elk walks behind you make your way towards the bed the silken sheets spread around the floors dirty covered in sand Ko, you walk once again by the old and withered white dressed all three of you approach the bed each of you with an urn in your hands you see the Kalazar, a figure, mummified, tight-skinned, his old elf ears, his nose gone, his face open in a continual scream into the afterlife. As you look at him, you note that he is well cared for in a way. He still shines from the oils. And he has been given some amount of comfort and pillows in his cross-armed form. His knees buckled up to his chest. Well, I don't know how, but uh, let's put him back together so we can tear him apart. Grinkeeper nods and opens her urn to pull out the organ that she has. I'd take the cue and open mine. Splendorbelt, make a medicine check. Everybody else, make perceptions. Medicine. Uh, 16. 19. Um, 19. We notice exactly the same thing. All of us. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody looks at the body, and where you would normally see Splendor Belt, some of the surgery lines and trauma around the nose or the cuts in the chest like you noticed in some of the other mummified beings you fought, you see none. Grinkeeper, Co, you note that the Kalazar's head lays a little too flat on his pillow and that his back, though suction type with his skin, seems to miss some of its ribs as though he was scooped out from behind. Grinkeeper will take a deep, be- deep breath and then push the side up so they can get access to that back. Yuck. You reach out. And your armor comes with gauntlets. So you do flip the body, which teeters and falls over with its weight in total stillness, but you see the back of the head missing, the back of the chest missing, and a hole in between that where the heart would go. All together? Okay. Same time. Who wants to do the countdown? Uh, three, two, one, go. 
All right. You open your jars. You pull out the organs. They're withered, ancient, dusty, but still this heart the size of a plum seems to grow in your hands and beat all the same. The closer you get with the organs, they seem to grow in volume, size, and noise as you place them into the back of the Kalazar. Scott, if you would please play sound file number two. The other number two. Oh. <laughs> Did you send me two files? I thought I just got the one. My there were bad. three. My bad. I thought that was from last week or something. I'm a big dummy. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah, I pulled down three. So you want... Okay. Hold on a second, everybody. Sorry. This is all stupid. All right. There was number two we wanted to hear next? Yes. Okay. We can do that. Okay. Here comes number two. All three of your hands press the organs into the back of the Kalazar, and suddenly you are sped through time. You see a great pyramid, golden, shining in the blue light of the crystal, the city alive below. Tradesmen, civilians, nobles, rich men, all trade in the streets. You see a young boy make his way to the edge of this very room and look out over the grand city of which you walked through and was but sand and ruins. You see several taller figures behind, sharing the same nose, the same neck, the same structure. Suddenly the boy is thrown in a small room. One of his elders closing the door on him. You go forward in time. The boy is older, his pale white skin reflecting the blue light, his long white hair going down his back. You see him pointing out at the various shrines you saw throughout the cavern. And as he gives a great cross with his hand, you see them destroyed. Seller of the older figures object. He has them removed. The long, long hair of the architect, who you met ever so briefly there in the key room, seems to object in a language you don't understand. He points out of the city. All three of the older figures, heads are on blocks, and he puts his fist down in his chair. The people outside the pyramid are rallying, are crying, are screaming, shaking their fists. They brandish weapons. He turns and dismisses them, making his way back towards a table where it looks like there's going to be a great ritual performed. But three individuals stand around. You see... An elf man with red eyes, a familiar glint in them as a third eye opens upon his head. 
you see a woman whose facial structure, nose, physique, reminds you of an athala in an ever so distant way. And in the back enters Narim, the architect. They break the ritual and they pull forth his brain harshly, his heart, his lungs, and put them in three jars and cast him onto the bed. Time goes by. The light goes out outside and you see in a great lapse, he lays there alone. Alone as sand covers the temple, fills up the window and covers him. Moving about comes workers, figures, who clean the temple once again, push out the sand. But heroes arrive, defeat them. They attempt to slay the Kalazar's body, but he remains. They seal the entrance and leave. Time goes by again. He lays alone for a thousand years. But the light comes on again outside. The city is reborn all around him. And he stands once again on the precipice of the balcony, looking out over his servants who prepare war. You find yourself standing on the far end of the city, looking out at the temple as he emerges. The pillars are alight with green flames. The people disappear into shadows. And that's where we take our break. Oh, man. All right. We're taking a break, everybody. When we come back, more from this intense moment. We'll see you in a second. You all find yourself at the end of a great city, looking down at the Dawnless City rebuilt. You see Kalazar or Gothel Argir walk forth from the temple. The pillars around him, the obelisks, are alight with green flames. The whole city in shadowy figures, translucent, ethereal, bows before him. He has a muscular form, fully regenerated in this imagery. His long, white elf ears have golden cuffs on them of piercings. About his waist, a large belt with the face of a hookor upon it. And next to that, bat wings that encircle his waist into a sort of kilt, a battle dress, you might call it. He carries on his side a kopesh, a blade that's curved on the end, sort of a long sickle-like blade, a sword. He walks one foot in front of the other, fully confident. He's built kind of like a drummer, you might say. Thin, stringy, but very well-formed. All his abs line up correctly. His face is pale, the light of the green crystal or the blue crystal above you green tinged as it bathes the entire city. You look down across this horde of people. You even find yourself standing inside some of them. Just ghostly figures like shaws thrown over the top of somebody. Throughout the entire city, they all face the front. Grinkeeper, Coe's Splendor Belt. 
Steron. He reaches the end of the walkway there in the temple grounds. His voice echoes out. Kalizar, or Gothel Agir, Orin Raktis. And in your minds, you hear the words clear. I have returned. Dos un lasrin. You will break. These words carry across the entire city. Splendorbelt, you know from your own spellcasting that he's using a, th- a form of thaumaturgy, and he seems rather adept at spells. You face some of his spells in the dream. You may recall some of them now. But this world is more concrete. That one seemed to be made of sand, made of illusions. You have all your magic items amongst you. There's no need for you to summon anything forth. You are whole. You are yourself in this scape. For the purposes of the map, I have included some range calculations on the side here as we are on a very large city scale. Uh, 60 markers here would be 300-some feet, so currently you would be 300 feet away from the Kalazar as he made his way to the end of the walkway. There are buildings all about. The buildings have doors on them. Uh, The smaller squares are market tents and other sorts of structures that have food and gold and other items for trade underneath them. But all throughout the city are a great horde of buildings. The buildings are all 15 to 20 feet high and can be scaled on the sides as these are all brick laid and rather roughly hewn. The last thing he said to you is, you will break. You're aware here in this world that he could hear anything you say if he wished to speak. So we know he, we know he knows we're there. Correct. He's staring directly down at you past a fountain that still runs clear, past all the shadowy figures. As you stand quiet for a moment, he takes his kopesh from his side and ever so lightly places his hand up where the sword begins to fly and hover. Splendorbelt, you too notice this spell, spiritual weapon. Weapon will attack as a bonus action amongst his person as it flies about him. You die here, Kalazar. <laughs> Not mincing words. Then we roll initiative. Let's do it. Roll initiative. Oh, man. A nine. A 13. 11. <laughs> How am I getting... Both initiative rolls today I won. That doesn't make sense. Really good. I have a negative one. I have no good modifier. Halor is on your side today. Yeah. Do not argue with your god, I man. I so. No. Take what I can get. Who gets a plus five? I still wound up with a nine. He's just sitting there going, babe. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I like to imagine Ko's like imagining full Aladdin status here, like climbing to the rooftops, jumping over. Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Get the mirthful leaps. <laughs> As you all give a flex for our combat here against the Kalazar or Gothel Argir, 
please describe yourselves as you've come a long way since the beginning. Well, um, more prominent than ever, faces on maces, uh, looking looking gnarly, ready to roll. Um, I have oh no, I don't have that because I gave it to Noparopa. Never mind, the snake's not here. Uh, just looking like a big, you know, half orc bastard, just ready to rock and roll. Do you are you using one of your Paylorian sensor or are you doing double face maces? Oh right, uh, probably um, face mace in one hand, uh, uh, Paylorian or the what was the other one called? The the focus and the other, the Paylorian potato. Potato, yeah, there you go. Uh, definitely in my prominent hand, and uh, kind of in a crouch, sort of ready for whatever comes, kind of position. Not crouched, but you know, kind of hunched. Yeah. Right? Yeah, ready, ready. Yeah. Grinkeeper. Uh, Grinkeeper is atop her steed, lance pointed skyward in one hand, shield in the other, dressed in full plate with a soft pink glow coming handsomely from both herself and her elk. <laughs> the elk was not part of the psychic network and it is not here. Wait, the elk's not here? Oh, no. <gasps> Oh, she'll look no. down and get really, her eyes will go wide. Is the saddle there? Oh, wait, I thought he was somewhat connected. <laughs> that's Wait, that's you, true, because he's psychically connected. It says yeah. so in the text. Yeah. He's psychically connected to you, so thereby, by connection, Handsome Elk is here. We did it. <laughs> the psychic network is ever-growing. Yep. Okay. However, in that moment, appearing beside you, saying, wait, what? Dharma Edstream is brought into the world. No. That's bad. Ko, Ko, can you break it? With just one? Who else did we have? Because I had four people connected to it. It was Dharma and who else? Was it... Because we had Splendor Belt as our connection to uh, the Minotaurs. Right. Chad Brad stayed while the others left. Was it was it the rogue? I don't remember. We replaced anyway. the rogue with Dharma. I thought we, we replaced uh, I thought we play, replaced Chad Brad with Dharma. Oh, did we? And we were just going to have Splendor Belt do Minotaur talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? John's right. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. I think that's what we did. Alright. Dominic Rees also appears in this world besides oh, no. you guys. Poor, poor Dominic. Co. It's your turn to describe yourself. Um Co is going to uh He's just staring daggers into the Kalazar, and he reaches down and he draws this fine rapier that he had purchased uh, prior to this adventure, now called Anathala's Will. And in his offhand, typically his daggers appear semi-translucent or almost like a shard of glass, but this time it crackles with like a static energy and glows burning red in his hand as he as he grips it and his armor shimmers and shifts and it takes on a style uh 
imitating the people that he had witnessed in that historical uh, view, mimicking the people that killed the Kalazar originally. Oh, very nice. Yeah, let's play some mind games. And uh, he just starts to lower himself into a, a crouch to run. And uh, eyes locked forward. Dominic Rees pats his person, wondering where he is. Dharma looks about herself. Oh, I'm not supposed to be here. As the Kalazar raises up his hand and pushes forth, and a swarm of locusts fly out and down the street. At a range of 300 feet, it's just enough to strike everyone here. Ugh. They swarm about you, they bite. They use the little legs to claw. Everyone make constitution saving throws. Since you guys are near me, remember the plus two. Oh, yeah, right. 18. Oh, good call. 26 for Co. That'd be uh, 11. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> As usual. What'd you get, Greenkeeper? Uh, 18 or 19? It matters. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me look at my roll history here. Looks like you rolled a 10. So whatever. No, no, that. no. Elk. That, I was rolling for the elk there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was her. She was doing that after. Oh, you rolled a 16. Plus two would make it an 18. Grinkeeper succeeds, and because of her armor, she takes no half damage. The elk takes 28 points of damage <laughs> and is dispelled. He's not so handsome now. No, this no. is terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's this okay. This isn't the way it was supposed to be for Albert. No, he's Man, handsome, but he's so just handsome. a face. Yeah. It's just a face. Yeah. He'll sadly change her lance to a two-handed sword again. <laughs> Dharma. There, sorry yeah. to Lucas. There you go. Dharma takes 14 points of damage. Ko, you dodge, and because you're your rogue ignis, I believe you dodge in full. Uh, no, I think I still take half. It's dex saves that are, oh, okay. I believe, full. So you take so. 14 points of damage. 14? Okay. This is piercing. Splendorbelt, you take 28 points of piercing damage. <laughs> okay. Sorry, John, what'd you take? How much? 14. 14, okay. Dominic Rees also takes 14. It's Splendorbelt's turn. Great. The Locust Swarm remains here in this place, swarming about. Um, okay. Remind me, do they work as a single unit? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not worried about each locust, right? It's a, like a, it's a single instance of locusts. 
they would be conjured by a magical effect. So as they bite and claw, they sort of dispel and another one takes its place. Okay. So it's like a school of fish. If you bomb it just right, you get all the fish. Yes. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. True. Something we can all relate to. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to whip out uh, Old Faithful here, uh, Spiritual Weapon. And uh, let's attack with it first before I do my thing. You're quite the ways away from the Kalazar who has launched this extreme long-range attack at 300 feet. Oh, so I was thinking of attacking the bees, but you're saying... Oh, you could attack the, 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 the locusts all the about you. Hmm. Well, I want to have the weapon out no matter what. And so I'll attack the bees while we're here. Not the bees, the locusts. I keep saying bees. It may as well be bees. Um, so here's to hit. I'll take a swing at the swarm for 25 to hit. You swing into the swarm and you catch many upon your holy sensor. Okay, sweet. Uh, total amount of damage. 15. You kill some 15 locusts, but they all seem to be magically replaced by more and more. Uh, shit. Birthing from the ground beneath you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> A little table talk real quick. I cast that at level six and I meant to do it at five. <laughs> Any chance I could take that back and swing again? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your spiritual okay. weapon is empowered by the higher level you cast it at. So if you want a big boy, you know, spiritual weapon, go for it. But otherwise, you can you can redo the damage and, and lower your spiritual weapon. All right, that's what we're going to do down. here. I'm going to cast okay. it at five. And uh, it's the same plus seven to hit. But the damage would have been eight. Oh, it's actually more 18. But either way. Oh, so. wow. You yeah. rolled better with lower dice, but all the same, you smashed 18 locusts that are replaced by those who birth from underground at your feet. Okay, great. Um, in that case, uh, I would cast... All right. I want to try casting Word of Radiance. It's kind of AOE, if you'll allow it. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. All right, I'm casting Word of Radiance on said things. Uh, Constitution 15 saving for you. (laughs) Per per locust? No, I don't know. Per swarm? I don't know how that works. Roll 7 million save throws. (laughs) 100 saving throws. (laughs) Won't take any time at all. You divine, you utter a divine word, and radiant burning energy erupts from you. Each creature of your choice that can see in range must make a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 radiant damage. Yeah. Feels like a little AOE there, right? Range five feet. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do then is I'm going to decrease the size of the swarm about your person. Okay. And that dispels it on top of Splendor Belt and Dharma Edge Stream. Dominic Reese, Co. and Grinkeeper are all still inside what remains of the swarm. Okay. But it has been greatly shrunken by magical means of destruction. All right. Um, then for movement, I'm not, I think I'll hold my position then and get ready for some possible... 
uh, medical work here in a, in a turn. Let's see what happens. So that's my turn. Grinkeeper. Uh, okay. Grinkeeper is going to look at the damage that was taken around her. And it'll dawn upon her that she didn't take any damage with the bat either. So she'll look back to Splendorbelt and Co. And she will give them a nod to left and right. To hopefully indicate without thinking, because the Kalazar might hear, that they should split and go left and right through the buildings. Because she's going to start walking down the main way. But right. as she's walking fastish, she, she will hold her action to try and duck should he keep trying to shoot things like this down the straightaway. Cool. So you're going to hold on to your action as a defensive action? Yes, if that's what it would count as. All right. Use dodge as an action. I think that would work, right? Perfect. Yeah. Then I could hold a dodge. So when you say you're walking, how far do you go or how fast are you going? Are you going full speed, but, you know, walking? It's the sand, isn't it? <laughs> no, this is all ground. This is all the city restored. Oh, so you're nice. Not load she's, by anything. She's going to start running then. All right. Then you run two handed blade out. Go ahead and move yourself that length. That'd be 16 little pips here. Okay. Ko, your turn. Okay. Ko is, uh, as soon as it's his go... He just breaks into a mad dash and he darts forward and he's going to use his action, his bonus action, um, and his movement all to move his full 105 feet. And I believe that puts him here, if I did the math correct on that. Cool, as you round down and turn down the building side there. And that'll be uh, that'll be his full turn. Excellent. Dominic Rees makes a stealth check at twenty-seven and starts heading down the alleyways. Dharma edge stream across the psychic network uh, and allowed. What do I do? What do I do? and runs off to the right and takes cover behind a building. The Kalazar advances down the steps and starts rounding the fountain. He uses both actions as a move action. Splendor Bell, it's your turn. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to take a cue from uh, where my friends are, and I'm going to... Well, I'm going to ask you first, am I going to take uh, an attack of opportunity if I try to take off from the swarm? No, it is a magical effect, not a creature. Okay. 
So in that case, I'm gonna let me grab my dude, my token. There he is. Okay, I'm gonna run up here and be about there. And when I get there, I'm going to give, uh, or I'm going to cast in the direction of Grinkeeper. Hold on a moment. How close is everybody here? Actually, it'd, okay. So let me just rectify this a bit. I'm going to be a little closer here because I want to be able to get everybody in this radius. Um, Can you all move that far? Because you're all making it awfully far. Yeah. When I had to burn three bases of movement just to make it where I did. Well, hold on. Isn't it... Am I not doing the math right? Hold on. Well, Grinkeeper's five Grin Keep, feet. Right, Grinkeeper spent a double move action. If you're planning to go somewhere and then cast something, you would only make it past that first building or so. You would be here. Here, move me. I shall. <laughs> oh, that's it. I was going to say, either I was way off or someone else is way off because no, 105 I'm, is a lot of movement. I'm doing the math wrong then. All right, so I'm not going to cast it yet then. I do want to get up to where they are, though, because what I have planned, I need them to be near me. So I'm going uh, to dash. Okay. And double my movement, which puts me, what, right below her? Yeah, right next to Grinkeeper. Right next to her? Okay. Um... And my sword uh, will just be with me. Yeah, that's my whole. That's my turn. All right. Although, well, Green. hold on, hold on. How so? How many? How far away is Co from me right here? Well, it doesn't matter because I did double my movement. Never mind. Go ahead. You're good. Yep. Greenkeeper, your turn. Greenkeeper will use her double move to go sixty feet. Grinkeeper continues her run down the main alley, the main street here, heading straight for Kalazar or Gothel Argir. Ko, your turn. Uh, Ko still just running, weaving through buildings and all of that. And uh, with his full movement, I believe he can make it to there, going around the buildings. So your triple move again? Yep. So you're currently unstealthed then. I mean, out of sight, but unstealthed. Yeah, out, out of sight, but not stealthing. All right. Dharma, you can sense her across the psychic network, has scurried on top of a building in the back and has pressed her own back against one of the edges and looks on over the city. Dominic Rees continues his stealthed movement, moving quite a bit slower than Ko and makes his way around back, taking the second back alley. The Kalazar raises his hand, and in it forms a ball of radiant energy. He throws it at Grinkeeper. Oh, jeez. I should have done what I was going to do. 26 versus your AC, Grinkeeper. Oh, yeah, that hits. 
you take 24 points of radiant damage. It burns, it's corrupted, but still of light and of godly nature. A rival god. Attacks against you have advantage until the end of your next turn. As you are surrounded in a shimmering, glittering glow. Which does add to your overall presence. Splenderbell, it's your turn. All right. Rethinking my strategy here. I guess what I'm going to do is... Single movement to there. That's enough range for me to... Oh, no, I have to touch her. Shit. Hold on. Ugh. All right, for now, I'm going to... We're going to dash again. It'll put me about there. Maybe just with a little bit of cover right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Good call. Just a little bit. Co, your turn. Oh, my turn? Yep, everyone's performed double double dashes. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, Ko is going to do two orders of movement this time. Uh, so he's not going to make it quite as far up. He's going to make it to about there and then use his uh, bonus action uh, right to stealth. Let's see... Well, both of those were under 10, so it's actually going to be a 23 for stealth. Twenty-three for stealth. Got it. The Kalazar continues his advancement, this time only moving a single move, and again lets loose another holy radiant bolt towards Grinkeeper. 25 versus your AC. Yeah, that hits. Damn. This one deals 14 points of radiant damage. Splunderbelt, it's your turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to run up to Grinkeeper. Because we need to make our tank nice and healthy. Um, I'm going to cast. Uh, we'll start with Cure Wounds at level four. Yeah, we'll do it at level four. Um, and heal her for 27 points of her precious life. Awesome. Grinkeeper, the bolts have hit you twice. However, we did skip your turn last time, it seems. You may make that run now. Oh, cool. Uh, then Grinkeeper will run forward and then dash to the left. Now that she's getting hit, she realizes she should probably not take so much damage before she even reaches the guy. Uh, but she'll start um, calling out to him. To kind of keep his attention on her and away from everybody else. Like, Kalazar, 
We took your girlfriend. It's actually Ko's wife. I don't know why you took her. I mean, I guess that girl in the dream looked like you. And she'll just ramble on and on like that. Cool. Where are you heading? Let me move myself here. Because I am correct that you missed your double move action because that's how Splunderbutt was able to catch up to you. Otherwise, you would have been running out in front of him the whole time. Right. She got attacked and then... Oh, yeah. Now that you say that, that's the only way I could have gotten up there. Yeah. Oops. All right. So if you want to take another action, Grinkeeper, go for it. As that would be you running and delaying so Splinterbelt can catch you. And now moving again. I did a double run. Perfect. Ko. Yeah. You're up. All right. Ko is going to creep alongside this building. Uh, he believes he's still stealthed. And then he is going to manifest... Uh, two daggers and throw them at the Kalazar. Um, I believe they would be with advantage for being stealthed. Correct? Correct. Okay. Dagger number one. Gotta do a little better than that, Ko. Uh, 14 to hit. Miss. And dagger number two. Is a 18 to hit. A miss. Both seem to impact a shimmering shield of energy he has about himself. Some sort of spell, perhaps called Shield of Faith. Mm. And then Ko would uh, duck back behind the wall to kind of break line of sight easily. In fact, why not? Let's go all out. He would even move five feet this way. And that'll be cool. his turn. So you completely break line of sight then. You're not seeing the Kalazar at the moment. Yep. I have a weird you feel point. like you may... Oh, hmm? go ahead, go ahead. By doing so, you feel a great rush of energy go down the alleyway that you just abandoned. A great amount of dread or malice seems to pass by. So, quick tabletop question. Yes. Guy's clearly like a mega cleric of some sort. Um, He's casting. Who knows? Who I've never, <laughs> I've never seen, you know, recognizing these spells and stuff, I've never seen any or heard of anybody playing a cleric where they were playing one this evil. Is it possible in D&D to have like a dark god and you're doing all the, the you know, dark shit as a cleric? Oh, yeah. There's, there's evil clerics for sure. Okay. There's even, uh, there's even a class of cleric that's just in the uh, DM's guide because it's considered evil. So oh, really? The monsters. That yeah. might be it, what we're dealing with here. Okay. All right. Just curious. So, it, yes, it is. <clears throat> I, I get your question as it's something we haven't really come up against. It is possible to do radiant damage and use cleric spells while being dedicated to evil entirely. Okay. Uh, many of these spells you you would be aware of, though, as a cleric, such as that shield of faith. Right. You are aware that has a concentration element. If he can be hit, perhaps the shielding can go down. Okay, it's good to know. Dominic Rees moves in silence in the background, moving much slower than the speedy Co, but all the same making his way. Dharma scramble, scrambles po- atop buildings. She measures out. Or fireball. 
She says over the psychic network that if you can get in within 150 feet of her, she'll fire. She does two things. She does them well. So here on the map, that would be 30 if you measure from Dharma and Stream. 30 feet we'd need to cover for her to be in range. Right, 150 feet, but on our little pips here, the measurements are a little different. Oh, okay. So basically, I'll laser it here. If you can get him to these buildings, Dharma and Stream will fire. She says over the psychic network. Of course, it is going to do a 20-foot radius of fireball damage, so don't be in the area when it hits. <laughs> the Kalazar advances. Wait, wait, wait. Don't I go right before the Kalazar? Go for it. Do, do I? Is that right? You're on initiative 11. We missed your turn. That's why we did the double movement there. Yeah, but, but am I after ahead, or before the Kalazar? Let's go ahead and we'll put you after here and go ahead and clean up that mistake that was made on round two. Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and get you there. Go for it. Okay, she's gonna... Are the doors open in the buildings? Yes, yes. All these doors are usable. Okay, perfect. She's going to run straight to the next building and then get to the corner, but she won't have line of sight with the Kalazar. Okay, place yourself where you're going. And that's her turn. All right. You two feel a great rush of malice go by as you place your back to the wall and break line of sight. The Kalazar turns, however, sensing a familiar prey, someone he might have a personal vendetta with, and starts making his way around the corner. You see him raise up a hand. He casts a spell upon himself. But being out of sight of Splendor Belt, no one's quite sure what it is at the moment. Splendor Belt, it's your turn. Okay. Um, me and my sword would make another movement forward. Uh, single movement. Oh, geez, the thing just refreshed on me. Why? Hold on. All right. Um, let me do that again. Going to move to there with a little bit of cover. These are buildings, right? Or some kind of structures? Correct, correct. You're basically behind market stalls right now. Okay. Um, I would move there. Is she in range? Hold on. She needs to be 30. She's more than 30 feet from me, isn't she? Yeah. Never mind. I was going to try something from here, but it won't It won't reach. Um, yeah, she'll okay. be 50 feet out. All right, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll... Mm. I'm saving that. All right, for now, that's it. That's my that's my turn. Go. Mm. Okay. I think I can. It's a little hard to tell with his name. 
Uh, my 35 feet of movement, can I get up to him from here? No, we, can, we can call him the old KOA. <laughs> Killed on arrival? 30. Exactly. Oh. No, looks like I can't quite get to him. Um, so with that in mind, Ko is going to... He's going to come to the edge... He's going to step out to get a sense for where he is because he doesn't know that he moved. Um, Make a dexterity saving throw. There it is. (laughs) I was like, yep, this is going to be bad. (laughs) Would this be a magical speller effect? It sure is. Okay, that's an 18. You succeed. Okay. And as a... Dexterity saving throw, you take no damage. <laughs> Ghost steps out. Whoa! Steps back and steps back out. This entire alleyway is blocked as great ethereal bat wings spread out and make a wall of radiant energy. Bolts fly from it at you and you dodge them nimbly. But that entire area is occupied by these great bat wings now. Okay, so let's see. That was five. 10 feet of movement to get there. So we'll go 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70 feet to get into this building, and Ko is going to stealth again. Uh, with his roguish abilities, it's going to be a 23. All right. Dominic continues to stealth, reaching his position, the assassin rogue getting ready, heading into his own building. Dharma, realizing the fight is going around a building, scrambles down hers and tries to advance herself in her slow, halfling ways. Grinkeeper. Okay, Grinkeeper is going to move diagonally to the northeast for six, for one movement. And then she's going to take out her lightning javelin and she's going to chuck it at the Kalazar because she is in range. All right. Put yourself where you're going to be. Make your attack. It's an 11. It's a miss. But does the lightning still hit? Well, that's a dexterity save for me, correct? Correct. <laughs> a DC 13 dexterity save. I got a 13, so you hit. Oh, wait, I miss? Wait, I'm saving. No, I save, so <laughs> it misses. So it's half damage. Correct. Cool, so let me roll the damage then. So it's 10 total, so he takes 5 damage, but he got hit. Did get hit. Let me roll the concentration. He succeeds. The shield of faith remains. Anything else you'd like to do? That'll be it for now. (laughs) 
Make a wisdom saving throw, Grinkeeper, as his malice strikes you. A dreadful glare. 22. You succeed. She stares right back at him. But she, she doesn't look angry. She just stares at him. Frustrated, annoyed, but sure of herself. He approaches you. Entering melee. Attack of opportunity, correct? No, that's only when I leave areas of... You know, <laughs> he's coming. They're... Okay, I, I will follow the rules. If you want to picture it... If you want to picture it instead, you ran around the corner and you threw your lightning javelin at him. He dodges it with a spin and uses that energy to head towards you. As he does, whirling behind him, his kopesh comes flying at you with a 27. That'll hit. Oh, boy. It deals 13 points of radiant damage, force damage. Hey, Kyle. Yes? What kind of damage was the locust? Gross it damage. It was. Oh, not gross? Oh, yeah. It was gross damage for sure. <laughs> Pretty gross. Piercing. Okay. Just checking. Biting and such. Greenkeeper, make another saving throw. As now in your what face. Kind? A wisdom saving throw. A 17. He attempts to lock eyes with you, but you manage to hold strong. The magical effect not taking place, though you can feel him continually pressing against your mind. All the same, he brings forth a hand, balls it quickly into a fist, slapping his fingers one and two against each other, and reaches up and punches you in the gut. Jeez. He's, he's a lot more hands-on than I thought it was going to be. He's a real metal cleric right there. <laughs> you take seven points of bludgeoning damage. And 19 points of necrotic. Oh. Oh, boy. Make a constitution saving throw. Oh, no, it keeps going. He just keeps asking for stuff. Oh, no. All right, I'm a pally, a 22. 22? You shake it off. You feel the sands of ages try to enter your blood. A disease, a magical disease, but you're immune as a paladin to diseases. The mummy rot is resisted. Grinkeeper will giggle because is this what he tried to do to her in the dream? That was a whole different thing. Oh, okay. Well, all the same, this is the second time he's tried to infect her with something. That is true. That was a different spell. Splendorbelt. KOA. Yeah. And Grinkeeper are engaged yeah, in melee are. battle. Ko has disappeared. Dominic Reese has disappeared. Dharma, you don't know where she is. Uh, from your point of view, it's just you and Grinkeeper. All right. And we're not, are we on the psychic network? Is that holding or no? Right. So you'd be aware they still exist and they're alive. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, with that knowledge, I will move to 
What's the limit on our movement? In com- I mean, in these digits? Your movement is, as a half-orc, 30. So that's what? Six? Six. Correct. Six. All right, that's what I was worried about. Um, okay, but I'm going to move there, and then I'm going to uh, f- send Sword Jr. in there to, to hack away here. All right. Um, Sword Jr., go. <laughs> he's uh, he's heading in. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. To hit. A, th- a 13. Miss. <laughs> it bounces off his shield of faith. Okay, I was worried about that. All right. Um... Oh, she's not in range, though. Hold on a second. It's more than that. All right, let me try one thing here. Oh, 60 feet. I could do that. All right, I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to command uh, KOA to to uh, I guess I'll command him to back down. Let's see what will I do here. Um, I can have him drop, flee, grovel, or halt. Let's go for a grovel. All right. Um, I'm casting this at level grovel two. <laughs> Uh, you need to do a wisdom 15 saving throw. Or better. Natural one, natural one. Two or three is fine, too. (laughs) (laughs) What happens when I grovel? Uh, you fall prone and your turn ends, so you don't, you basically effectively get a skipped turn. You feel he has great power. Even magical resistance that allows him to roll advantage on such saving throws. But still, piercing through the cavern from above, the holy light of Palor breaks his will. Nice. And he falls to his knees. Wow. Dude, you did it. What did you roll? Just curious. I got a 13. Oh. (laughs) And uh, an 11 on the other one. Nice. Oh, wow. All right, lucked out. Um. All right. The only other thing I would do this turn is indicate via the network to Grinkeeper that now's your chance to, to tear him a new hole, and then that would be my turn. And I'll look disapprovingly at my sword or my floating mace. So is he? He go. Oh, he spends his move going prone, right? Correct. Right on his okay. turn, he will be. So going. you're making him um, grovel. The target falls prone. This is a really interesting catch because wisdom saving throw command. The effect. Wait. Target falls prone and then ends its turn. So that'll be your. Oh, so it's not a charm effect. However, this spell has no effect if the target is undead. Uh oh. Oh, shit. They're in the, the text. KOA is undead. Well, shit. So, what um, we're going to do then is yeah, yeah. because you did succeed with the holy light of Palor piercing through, 
That's some fine print BS right there. <laughs> Everyone, except Undead. Except Undead. Yeah. Except this guy. Prone creatures' only option is to crawl unless they stand up, thereby ending. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls. The attack roll against this creature have advantage. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to give Grinkeeper advantage on her next attacks. Okay. So, so for your turn, Grinkeeper, you have advantage on your attacks as this holy light did pierce through. Okay. But technically, he is immune, and we're gonna we're gonna roll with that. That's a good that's a good trade off. I like that. Okay. End of my turn. How come he can do all this stuff he can do if if all this shit he can do can't affect undead either? But he's undead himself. I know that we we could go down a rabbit hole, but it seems like it seems like he shouldn't have access to some of that magic. You know what I mean? Because a lot of it's undead averse. That's true. He doesn't have turn undead, thereby scaring himself. So there, there are some <laughs> some plans already made in that way. Okay. And um, he doesn't he doesn't call forth gods that he would there be afraid of himself. Sure, sure. Okay. So Fair enough. I love. He that invokes though. the right names, mostly his own. Okay. Got it. Ko, it's your turn inside the building. All right. Ko is gonna slip out the front of the building, and. Uh, Throw two psychic daggers at uh, at his back. I'm assuming I, I succeeded on my stealth. He doesn't know I'm here, and this is with advantage, right? Correct, correct. Unless you really explode out that door. I'd say natural 20. All right. Come on, Woodshot. I'm going to go ahead and roll the damage in case we need the number. Go for well, it. It's going to do that for me. So let's roll the other 20. It would be a 13 to hit, which is, I don't think, going to do it. Nope. Uh, okay, so for the first strike... Add it all up here. It's a 14. Okay, so that's... Because the sneak attack gets rolled twice as well. So that is... 42... 56 points of damage from the first psychic dagger. Damn. Pretty good. You want to check concentration on that one? Yes. <laughs> the shield breaks about him. And Ko doesn't even stop. He knows it was a good hit. He's proud of himself, but he's going to throw that next one anyway with a 22 to hit. That's a hit. And nine more psychic damage flies into him. A fine hit. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, nope. That'll be Ko's full turn. His malice radiates out. Ko, Splendor Belt, make wisdom saving throws. A 12. 15 for me. You are both affected by dreadful glare, though not the full effects, as you rolled well enough for that. You are frightened until the end of my next turn. That means uh, uh, disadvantage on, on any rolls? Exactly. So okay. uh, a frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while in the line of sight of the source of their fear. The creature can't willingly move closer to the source of their fear. But if I moved away and in, and and broke that line of sight, I could break the effect during the same turn, right? 
Exactly. So if you went and cowered around a corner, you couldn't then, you know, attack him without looking in a sense. Okay. Well, you could, but you'd have disadvantage anyway. That's true. But yeah. you could then cast spells normally, use abilities normally, as long as you're not looking at him. Okay. All right. Grinkeeper, this strikes you too, but you are now immune as you've stared him down before. Am I able to use my DM inspiration on a wisdom save? Yeah, you can do, uh, you can reroll anything you want there. Let's do that. Let's see if it gets, it didn't. Let's leave that alone. Now, I just, I just wanted to get rid of something. That's okay. all. Just wanted to not have that to worry <laughs> that, about anymore. That's no. something on me. Yeah. Yep. Just cluttering, cluttering, load, cluttering you know? up your I was really screen. worried when yeah. I was going to use that. Now I know it's not going to be this time. Yep. That's, so that's good. Yep. All the same, an amazing hit at 65 points of damage that you dealt this last round. Yeah, yeah. that's very good. Dominic Rees continues to sneak. Splendor Belt, you see him down the alleyway by you, making his way around. Dharma Edgestream, exhausted, scrambles up another wall and tries to make it in range for a fireball. And the street is the one behind us? or So here... Here you've just been struck him with fear yeah. by the Kalazar. You see Dominic Rees sneaking along the side here. And is this street her range street? Uh, yeah, so when she gets on, up on top of the building, she will be in range to fireball. Okay, okay. Which will be ready next round across the psychic network. That's good to know. Grinkeeper. All right, since she has been gifted advantage for attacks, she knows what she needs to do. So she will cast Branding Smite on herself, and then she'll go in for her two attacks. All right. Uh, If it's high enough to hit, I won't roll with the advantage. Oh, I will, because I might get an at 20. Okay, so one moment. Luckily, this one isn't it. So 26 for the one that hits. <laughs> uh, not damage. Okay. So base damage is 17. Let me get the extra radiant damage and then I'll do the branding smite damage. All right. And she's did did you roll with advantage? You did. Yes, right? she's okay. rolled yes. with advantage. All right. All right. So 7 radiant damage. And then from Branding Smite, uh, six radiant damage. Got it. 13 radiant damage. That was your first attack, correct? Yep. So second attack coming in. Uh, 27. Hit. Twelve damage base. Okay. And then seven radiant damage again. You wail on him, and you used your bonus action to cast the the smite. Correct. Correct. Perfect. The Kalazar explodes in a whirlwind of sand. 
breaking contact with Grinkeeper and moving 60 feet. He appears right behind Splendor Belt. Beautiful. Grinkeeper, make a constitution saving throw. 25. The sand batters you, but you are not blowned by it. Cool. Blown? Yeah, the past tense of blind. Is it? Blown. Is it? No, really? that's no. not. That's not. No. <laughs> Kyle's past tense. I was really learning something like today. Blinded. Blinded. It's too much song, work. That song could be blowned by the light. It doesn't work yeah. as well. Yeah. Blowned by the light. <laughs> Splendor Belt? Yeah. Make a wisdom saving throw. All right. I would love to retcon and say I touched myself before, but I can't do that. So here's my wisdom saving throw. Why is... There it is. Here we go. Oh, jeez. A ten. Oh, and I do with disadvantage too, don't I? Or is he, or is he broken line of sight with me because he's behind me? Disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls, not uh, saving throws. Oh, not saving throws. Okay. The being feared. All right. However, you did roll a ten, and you have failed by more than five, yeah. which means the Kalazar appearing behind Splendorbelt, he facing the other direction, reaches up and grasps Splendorbelt's head, and his fingers dig in deep into his scalp. Splendorbelt, you take sixteen points of bludgeoning damage and twenty-one points of necrotic damage. 16. So 27 total. Yeah. Or 37 total 37 damage. total, yeah. Oof. Okay. Finger damage. You are paralyzed. Ugh. The advancement of frightened. While paralyzed, you're incapacitated. Automatically fail strength and dexterity saving throws. Attack rolls against this creature have advantage. Okay. Any attack that hits you within five feet is a critical hit. Shit. This will end at the start of my next turn. Okay. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> but you are incapacitated for it. Yeah. You can't do anything, right? Correct. Yep. So if that was the end of his turn, the frightened condition falls off of us, right? Correct. You would be you'd be all set on the frightened front. Yeah, not me. Mine escalated to uh, can't move at all. So, Creature cannot take actions or reactions. So Splendor Belt is in his grasp and you know that the hits will be critical this next time unless Splendor Belt is somehow removed from this condition. Co, it's your turn. My sword, I can't command my sword right now because I'm Incapacitation means that sword ain't going to work on its own, right? Just want Correct. To sure. No actions okay. means no bonus actions. Okay, I'm good. Um, are we able to target through allies, or if like line of sight, I would be hitting Splendor Belt if I threw something at at the guy from here. It's not I'm a not rule allies. in Dungeons and Dragons, and we didn't make a rule that if you roll a one, you hit allies in this game. So you'd be good to fire on him. All right, or through him, as it were. Well, Ko's going to stand a little to the side, so it's just not straight head-on at Splendor Belt here, and uh, he will throw some psychic daggers. So let's throw. 
Uh, well, that's a natural one for a ten. I feel like we specifically called out the natural one and yep. made it happen. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hit Splendor Belt in that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the offhand dagger is a twenty-one to hit, though. That is a hit. Make it a juicy one. Uh, 25 points of psychic damage. It's not too bad. That is a good hit. Not bad for an offhand dagger. Yeah. And that will be Ko's turn. Make a wisdom saving throw, Ko. As you caught eyes with the Kalazar. That's a natural 20 for a 22. Shake it off, no problem. I fear not, the Kalazar. <laughs> Across the psychic network rings, and Splinterbolt cannot answer this or respond due to his current state. Should I do it? Oh. Um. The edge, the edge. Can you catch him in the edge, but not us? Okay. <laughs> Friggin' Lil John oh, up on the wall of shame and spells down. What? <laughs> Just hit him with the edge, Dharma. Just okay. The edge. Yeah. <laughs> she fires a wizard's fireball, enhanced by her evocation mastery. Let's loosen a 20 foot radius and she targets it. Directly on the edge. The Kalazar breaks his grasp on Splendor Belt while he attempts to dodge with a dexterity saving throw. He does, but the flames envelop him all the same. There. Whoops. <laughs> Only one. The Kalazar takes 28 points of fire damage. However, that is enough oh. for you to play track number three, Scott. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wait, enough for his death? No, for a song. Here you go. The Kalazar's form begins to wither and crack and sand moves throughout the cracks in his porcelain figure. His hair begins to wilt. His mummified remains shine through his beautiful and radiant visage. He is damaged. He is weakened. He is bloodied. Though still just as dangerous. Grinkeeper, it's your turn. Okay. Um, and Splunderbelt is still under the effects, correct? Correct. Hopefully not too much longer. Okay, seeing this, she is going to run in next to Splendor Belt, use her bonus action to cast Sanctuary on him, and then proceed to hit the Kalazar. So Sanctuary is the one so that if the Kalazar goes to attack Splendor Belt, the Kalazar will have to roll a wisdom saving throw. All right. As a bonus action, perfect. 
bring your attack. Okay, cool. And I don't have advantage for this, correct? Correct. All right, uh, 30. That's a hit. <laughs> Just making that clear. Yeah. Just so everyone knows I didn't roll good on this. <laughs> okay, 16 base damage. All right. Four radiant damage. And then she's going to use Divine Smite and use one of her spell slots in order to do some extra radiant damage on this hit. Yep, that's tied to a melee attack. Perfect. Let me check my spell slots here. All right, we'll use up second level so that I can do 3d8 radiant damage. All right. All right, at 15. It's a miss. No, 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 it's radiant damage. You didn't roll an attack for the second attack? I haven't attacked with the second attack yet. I cast Divine Smite because it's on a melee hit. You can add it. Oh, you're doing this to your previous attack, which also yeah. had radiant damage because of your trait. Got it, got yes. it. Yeah. So you add 15 to that. Perfect. Second is a 23. Hit. Ooh. Okay, that's a 10. And then two radiant damage. You unload on the Kalazar, full of radiant damage and slashes from the heart blade of Loran. He raises up his fist, swings it back, and goes to punch Splendorbelt in the gut for guaranteed critical damage. However, he must first make a wisdom saving throw due to Sanctuary. And it's a 16. Wisdom 16. I fail. Oh! Oh, <laughs> oh my god. I didn't think that was going to work. <laughs> it seemed low. The attack instead swings at Grinkeeper with a natural 20. Oh, shit. Better than knocking out Splendorous. <laughs> 22 points of bludgeoning damage and 36 points of necrotic. Oh, Grinkeeper's down. Oh, no. Oh, no. Dang it, I'd hope that health boost would get you there. <laughs> he slams Grinkeeper in the gut. The disease is completely removed, resisted, but still the necrotic energy of it courses across her body and she goes down. With that, the sanctuary falls. He turns to Splendor Belt and pulls back another fist. Oh, Technically, for technicality's sake, the first fist was thrown at the end of Grinkeeper's turn as a legendary action. This okay. is his attack. Till the end of my turn... 
it's, it's guaranteed critical. This is very intense. This is the most pregnant pause. This pause is about to give birth. I can feel it. <laughs> Splendor Belt, you take 22 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, boy. Okay. And 36 points of necrotic damage. <laughs> well, I am also down. How, oh, you say? no. Do you say 36 was the second one? Correct. All right. Yeah, I'm down. Thunderbelt, make a death saving throw. It's your turn. All right. Here goes. I haven't done this in a while. I just roll a d20. Correct. Okay. <sighs> a natural one. That counts as two. So you're down two of three death saving throws. Great. Really? Shit. Correct. All right. So I have two... I have two uh, two uh, fails of three my strikes and you're out. Three strikes. Okay. All right. Oh, Lord, who will take care of my potatoes? Co. Co <laughs> <Co> will. <laughs> uh. It's Co's turn. Oh. <laughs> okay. Is Greenkeeper where she's showing on the map, or is she up next to him? No, she would have been right next to. All right, Ko KOA. is going to. Thirty-five gets me right up to Splendor Belt, so he's going to come rushing in, slide in, reach into his bag, and pull forth his potion of supreme healing, his first one. And uh, I believe it costs an action to correct have someone drink it, and as an action, have Splendor Belt down that sucker. You, uh, do I roll or does he roll? That's up to you, honestly. Um, how do you feel about your dice, Scott? I'll roll it. You better yeah, roll we've it. We've always had, uh, we've always had Scott do the healing for his own spell, so let's do the player administering yeah. the heal, do the heal. Plus, you're one shot. Let's see if your nickname means anything. Let's give this a shot. You get 43 hit points back. All right. The question is. Oh, okay, 43. There we go. Okay, let me apply. All right, I'm back up, although I am I still incapacitated? Or did that end? Yeah, well, you would be... So you're no longer under the effects because his turn has passed. You would be on your back, on the ground, winded, as it were. Okay. But you are healed those points and alive and functional. Okay. And let's see. As a... I still have a bonus action. I don't know if there's anything I can do with a bonus action. Uh, yeah. Why not? Let's do this. I, I don't even know if this is going to work with the kind of monster he is, but it's worth trying. Ko doesn't know. Um, Ko is going to take his uh, Dagger of Venom and coat the blade in poison as a bonus action. Cool. Just a little yep sliding in baseball style chugging splendor bell to drink Grinkeeper's still down and that will be Ko's turn that was a hell Storm of a edge stream screams a... I'm gonna do it again <laughs> <laughs> and let's loose another fireball oh no he's got a skill come on Dharma 
I think she's got three. She said she had three or something. Correct. This is a fourth level spell. Uh, she has only two of the teleports, but she's not using those here. The Kalazar does succeed, but takes 24 points of fire damage. Dominic Rees breaks his cover, stealthed, and runs out and attempts to give the Kalazar a double dagger to the back. With two attacks and two daggers, he misses one, and he deals 21 points of piercing damage. With that, the Kalazar lets loose a blasphemous word. That word happens to be Skizgrot. Everyone who is awake, which is just not Grinkeeper, uh, make a constitution saving throw. Disadvantage because I'm on the ground or no? Nope. Okay. It's a magical effect. <laughs> if she's unconscious, do we get our plus two? No, no, that's uh, only if she's... <laughs> We don't find her inspiring. No, she's not inspiring at the moment. Uh, all right, it's a 22. Uh, 16 for me. Damn. Just on the money there. <laughs> Dominic gets a one. Oh, poor Dom. Oh, Dominic. It's about family, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> so you both succeed and are not stunned for one round, but Dominic is by the blasphemous word that was heard. He goes stiff and rigid. His daggers forcibly pulled out of the Kalazar's back. Grinkeeper, death saving throw. Three. One fail. The Kalazar despises Ko looks on with absolute malice at him administering something as weak in a noble battle such as this, a battle of wills and bringing a potion to it. He casts harm on Ko. Make a constitution saving throw. Twenty. Damn. <laughs> you would have taken 14d6 damage. No. Oh, that would have been very harmful. As that would have been. Instead, you take 16 points of necrotic damage. Well, let's half that because my tattoo flares the life and absorbs it. That is true. What's half is 16? Eight. Uh, it's eight, right? Yep. yep. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You are slammed with this necrotic energy, but it disperses across your tattoo and lights it up. This is new technology. You brought a gun to a to a sword battle in this way. 
Splendorbelt, it's your turn. Okay. You're on the ground in front of the Kalazar. I am. Uh, Ringkeeper's laying next to you. Right, dying. and dying. Um, so what I would do, will I incur an, uh, uh, badness if I get up and move? Am I going to get up? I mean, if I sit. If you walk away from the five-foot range, yes. Okay, but not if I sit up or, you know. Well, I guess it doesn't matter because I'm going to. I just need to reach Grinkeeper, which looks like she's in range. Yep, she's right next to you, so you could just go over and, and, and slap a hand on her. Yep. Like someone's snoring next to you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cast this and heal her for 24 points of damage, which will bring her back to the living or the conscious. And I'm not going to move. Oh, I am going to attack with my sword, though. Or did I lose that because... Um, how does that work? You could recast it as a bonus action. It's going to take a slot, though, right? Correct. It would cast a spell. Oh, I think I want it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to recast it at level 5. Uh, 15 to hit. Miss. Bullshit! Uh, and then I will look at it sternly again, and then that's my turn. At the end of your turn, the Kalazar yet again explodes in sand, this time appearing right behind Darja, Dharma Edge Stream, up on top of the nearby building. Oh. However, that was Splendorbelt's turn, and it is Ko's now. Oh, man. He really shifted the game with his teleporty bit of business. What a jerk. Um... So Grinkeeper got healed, right? Yes. Healed enough. Twenty one, I think it was. Yeah. Healed enough to you know, she's she's conscious now. She'll be up this next turn. Yeah. Okay, Ko's gonna... I'm guessing we can kind of vaguely follow the sand, you know, and see where he teleported. Absolutely, there's nothing stealthy about it. It's a whole whole sandy business. Okay, (laughs) Ko's gonna tear off running uh, to try and keep up with him uh, as much as he can. He'll use his action to do a dash. And then as a bonus... Oh, wait, no, it's an action to down a potion. I forgot. Uh, You know what, let's... Yep. Rewind that. Let's try that again. <laughs> he will go... Oh, what am I doing? I can do that. Because as the action I can down the potion is the bonus action I can dash. So it's still the same exact thing. But I'm going to go ahead and take one of the potions myself. Um, and... The 10d4 plus 20. So... That's 46 hit points back to me. Actually been overkill, but... That's where we're at. That'll be Ko's turn. All right. At the end of your turn, he winds up a punch into Dharma's back. 
point. Which is a natural one and misses. Oh my gosh, I was going to say, there goes our ride home, everybody. God bless you, Dharma. Dominic Rees is stunned. Greenkeeper, you're prone alive. All right, Greenkeeper's going to shake her head and kind of, you know, roll onto her tummy and use the momentum to go... Think 15 feet, you can still move half. So, you know, kind of like digging her feet into the ground and standing as she moves forward. And as she goes that 15 feet, she's going to down a healing potion. And that's her turn. Perfect. Kalazar's turn. He unleashes a full multi attack on Dharma. Still might be our ride home gone. He gets to do a lot of stuff. I can, I can get stuff. her if she goes down. She succumbs to the fear in the extreme. She's paralyzed. The attacks become critical hits. Dharma goes down. to 59 points of damage. Splunderbelt, it's your turn. Damn. What's the status of Dominic? Dominic is now free and unstunned. Okay. All right. Grinkeeper's doing okay. Um, I'm going to move... there and send my sword in for another hit I'm sorry I'm going to double my I can do I can double my movement and still that sword action right correct okay well I'm that's a bonus action I'm going to sprint then end up right here and then um, the sword of of life hold on (laughs) or my floating mace here we go we're going to send that out for a hit of please be better this time. Here we go. 26. That's a hit. All right. Damage on that one. Oh, seven. Seven force damage received. All right. Uh, And I think that's it. At the end of your turn... The Kalazar uses channel negative energy. And my mother-in-law appears. Oh, no. Never mind. <laughs> Dharma, Edstream, Co, and Splendor Belt are all inside the field of negative energy. Creatures within 60 feet of the Kalazar, included the ones behind barriers and around corners, cannot regain hit points until the end of my turn. Oh, that's a dirty trick. Well, we're not going to be healing Dharma this round, that's for sure. Ko, it's your turn. Uh, Ko is going to uh, climb up the side of the building to get up to him. About how much movement would it be to get alongside him? You could perform a mirthful leap. Sure, let's see. Let's see if that does anything for me. Uh, that's my mirthful leap. Uh, roll a d8. Oh, but I have that necklace now. Oh, wait, that's constitution. That's not strength. Never mind. That's not going to do anything for me. 
Oh, look, it's the maximum. I uh, eight. I can then you do an, a, yeah. Then you easily jump the majority of the way and like pushing yourself up out of a pool. You kind of catch yourself at the waist and climb on top. You're able to make it there in time. All right, Ko's going to get to the top and he's going to finally at last draw Anathala's will from its uh, from its holster. And he's going to just say, stop worrying about everybody else. You're facing me. And he's going to take a strike at him. Bold. With a 30 to hit. That's a hit. Um, so it's 12 initial piercing damage. I do have a question. Mm. I get to do my sneak attack if he's flanked by a friendly, but is with Dharma down, does she still count? I would assume not. I wouldn't think so either. Because she's not, she's not giving you advantages or holding his attention anyway, so no. Right. Okay. Fair. Otherwise, you could get into a really weird scenario where a rogue like brings dead bodies to a fight and like piles them <laughs> around. Ha! This is my friend. <laughs> Have him. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's uh, twelve piercing damage on the rapier to begin with, and then on the offhand with the dagger of venom, that's a twenty-six to hit. It's a hit. That is five piercing, and then if he's able to take poison damage, uh, he has to make a. DC 15 constitution saving throw. He is immune to poison. Alright, I kind of figured that would be the way it went. So yeah, just 5 piercing damage. 17 total. I see why you use this track. It's super intense. I love it. Code jumps up the building a mirthful leaping and buries Anathala's will into the Kalazar. It pierces through him. He lets out a howl, and the world around begins to dissolve. You're in the throne room. Ko? has summoned forth his spectral dagger, stands over the Kalazar, and is bearing it deep into his chest. But the blade's not strong enough on its own. Splendorbell's hand on top, Grinkeeper on top of that. The three of you, breaking the illusion, push down and pierce the psychic dagger into the Kalazar. His heart beats and bursts. His form dissolves. He breaks, he crumbles. The world outside begins to turn to sand. The pyramid slides on itself. Dharma and Stream downstairs yells, I'm getting to the ritual! <laughs> through the psychic network. Dominic gets himself back up. You run down the stairs. You huddle under Chad Brad and Great Horns, who use their weapons above you to catch debris as the entire pyramid crumbles around you. 
and falls. And just as it does, as mighty bricks collapse and destroy the statue of the Kalazar, nothing left but a burnt black stain on his bed above. You teleport out and find yourself in the basement of the guild. Ah! Oh my gosh, sorry, my... <laughs> my wife... Is this my wife? Yeah. Okay. My wife showed up in a... In a in a what is it? Plague doctor mask and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle's doing his big crescendo here, and Kim scared me. Oh, that scared the hell out of me. Sorry. The room is packed. The downstairs that you've been in twice before, many times for examinations as well as quest completions, is filled with elves, half elves, high elves, wood elves, all receiving treatment. As you look about, Chad, Brad, Great Horns, all the Minotaurs turn towards Splendor Belt and give him a silent nod as they crumble themselves back into bones. Aww. The elves roust. You tend your wounds. Noparopa holds the princess close and she awakens to healing magic. She says, Noparopa, is it you? He says, yes, my princess, my love. And she says, but it is forbidden. And he says, so is this. And they kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Go Noparopa. Go for it, buddy, yeah. Heels are administered across the elves. People stagger forth from the downstairs with the help of the many guild members, the wood leaves who come down to attend. The Delvers have succeeded in defeating the Kalazar. The monsters below grow quiet over time. The bit of... One could call it evil... But the bit of uh, miasma, the um, the area around the Noble Hollow regrows once again. And Splendor Belt, you take advantage of it. Your lands are rich and lush. You owned a great portion of the Noble Hollow, a rotten land that was useless before. And now it's quite fertile and clean. There's also Scroungy who seemed to be possessed by mischief before and now has become a rather tame beast of burden over the months. But now I'd like you guys to take over a bit. Celebrations are had. The Kalazar defeated. The dungeons underneath still active, but with less monsters and less malice. Let's go to Ko. Ko, in one year's time, what does Ko get up to with his riches and his victory? Or that year, uh, Ko makes himself uh, more readily available to the guild in less of a delving capacity and more of a teaching capacity. He uh, instructs wood leaguers and bronze leaguers and keeps an eye out for anybody that might develop a particular psychic talent as a method to... uh, hone their skills. He uh, 
returns home, obviously right after the battle, to his uh, wife and daughter to let them know that they are safe, that it's done, and he has mounted above his mantle in a place of honor his sword, Anathala's Will, used really technically only just one time um, to finish off the Kalazar and keeps it as a memento of evil vanquished and the promise to protect his home and his family. Splinterbell, what do you get up to with a year's time? Uh, I would really lay into the farm, uh, you know, build it, grow it, take advantage of the fact that the, the some of the land appears to be less cursed. Um, expand where I can, make sure my debts are paid, pay my employees well, hire a few more, and become renowned for the finest potatoes ever made in the land. And I'd be pretty happy about it. I'd also help with, you know, healing duties. Anytime somebody needed something, I'd do that, but I would really throw myself into the farm. Grinkeeper? Uh, Grinkeeper would await the return of Gentleman Cavalier, but until he shows up, she would make her base of operations, Atomer, where she'd patrol but otherwise watch over the school and help rebuild the town to what it once was and she'd also head home for a bit so she could start taking on the responsibilities and see how she could merge the family business with adventuring and but so all the while do. she'd be so sad <laughs> <laughs> and time does pass and in that time the tower on Splendorbell Farms is rebuilt and becomes a base of operations for the Delvers. And our camera flies across the fertile lands with our donkey and our hook horror pulling a cart, with Gleepo Ma, with Muck Muck, all working the farm well, and many other monstrous and bizarre employees that have gathered over a year's time. The Splendorbell potatoes become renowned. Co becomes a great teacher. Grinkeeper wonders looking for gentlemen cavalier for a time outside of all your sight but we fly across that lane and uh, land and fly into the window of the delver's tower that has been rebuilt and on a table inside you see a bit of old pink ribbon you see a locket with a picture of anathala and co's daughter inside a half-eaten potato nearby and two letters one, an invitation to the wedding of Evelyn Blackwood and Lord Ethan Renald Travail. Signed, GCT. Below that, a red letter signed from the kingdom, which may go open someday. And that's the end of the Delvers. All right. Well done. Nice job. That was great. I loved it. I actually thought I was going to die. So I'm glad I didn't die. I'm glad nobody died, but I really felt like I was going to die. <laughs> that guy was a huge dick. Uh, well done. It was great. Now, people at home are going, wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, it means, for a time anyway, we're going to jump back into the Waste campaign and uh, check in with those characters and see if we can't finish that thing out. 
uh, that means Bo will return as uh, DM for a bit while we do that. So if you enjoyed this, you'll enjoy that. If you were all caught up on that old story, perfect timing because we're about to pick it up again. And if you're not caught up on this one, three very easily constructed seasons exist. You can go catch up on those at the website, therewillbedungeons.com. Kyle, anything else I'm leaving out? We'll be off next week as we prepare for the wastes. That's right. That's that's a good point. We will not be here next week, but uh, don't worry. Uh, Those at home who support us uh, via our support system over at therewillbedungeons.com, you'll still get a bonus show next week. Uh, We're going to record it separately somehow and and sneak it in there. So you'll be getting that no matter what. But we'll be off next week as we prepare for the Waste Campaign, which will come up right after that. We're all very excited about it. Uh, Huge, huge well done to Kyle, our DM, for this season. I thought it was awesome. Well done, Kyle. Uh, took a took a three dingleberry characters and made a really great world for us to play in and uh, I loved it uh, so come back next week or uh, excuse me a week after next week for a brand new episode as we dive back headlong into the waste campaign that's going to do it for us for me for Kyle for Kristen and for John we'll see you next time This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.